Proverbs 15. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of fools pours out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A gentle tongue is the tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever re heeds reproof is prudent. In the house of the righteous there is much treasure, but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the heart of fools. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who pursues righteousness. There is severe discipline for him who forsakes the way. Whoever hates reproof will die. Sheol and Abaddon lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts of the children of man. A scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is crushed. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on folly. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but the cheerful of heart has a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. The way of a sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a level highway. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Folly is a joy to him who lacks sense, but a man of understanding walks straight ahead. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. To make an apt answer is a joy to a man, and a word in season, how good it is. The path of life leads upward for the prudent, that he may turn away from Sheol beneath. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but maintains the widow's boundary. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but gracious words are pure. Whoever is greedy for unjust gain troubles his own household, but he who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, 
and good news refreshes the bones. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. The fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Are you a person who goes to your advisors in your life when you're looking to check on some plans that you've made? When you have important things coming up in your life, you want to buy a house, you want to sell a house, you want to move, you're considering taking a different job, most important one, you're thinking about marrying a certain person. You know, these things don't automatically work out. And this is what this proverb says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Now, it's only natural for the natural man, that is the negative natural man, the man of the flesh, that he would surround himself with advisors who are constantly building him up. You're doing great. I'm not sure, you know, whatever you say is good. I, who am I to judge, you know? And we seem to form these cliques and you see this all over. It's cliques of people who get along with each other, like hanging out with one another. And the basic compact and, and uh, contract of their lives together, the basic component of their relationship is that I won't judge you and you won't judge me. And I was told once by a mentor, you know the reason that you and your friends don't focus on, uh, that, that you and your friends focus on not judging each other? He said it's because you're all losers. And the reason is, if you want to actually succeed at something, if you actually have plans, if you actually want to become good at something, you want people to judge you. You want people to check your work to see if you're good. Do you want to be a writer? Do you want to be an athlete? Do you want to be a, a, a scientist? Do you want to be anything in this world that matters, especially a man or a woman of God? Do you want to succeed at that and grow at that? In that case, you need to have advisors and you need to choose them wisely, but you need to have an open ear to hear what people have to say and to speak into your life. It says also in uh, verse 11, a scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. Now, is that you or I that we will not go to the wise in order to be reproved? And reproved means someone who corrects you when you're thinking in a wrong way or when you're doing something wrong, that they turn your mind aside from what you're thinking. Do we naturally go to be reproved? No. We are naturally scoffers. So if we want to grow up into being godly, if we want to grow up into being uh, meaningful in our spiritual life, we need to seek out those friends and advisors and hopefully older mentors who will reprove us when necessary, encourage us, listen to what we're thinking, give us advice, encouragement, exhortation, not to avoid those things. It says the scoffer will not go to the wise. Now, we need to choose who those people are in our life very carefully because it's not just a matter of um, who you grew up with or who you work next to or who you sit next to in church or, or whatnot. We need to look in the scriptures at what a wise and mature person is. 
And although there is a lot of wisdom in this world, and I myself enjoy listening to and following certain teachers uh, who are not Christian believers, yet still, people who don't believe in God, still, the Proverbs say that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when it comes to the big wisdom about life, you need to seek out counselors who fear the Lord first. My prayer for you and for myself is that the Lord would bring these people into your life, that you'd be open to hearing life-giving reproof, that you yourself would have words that bring life to others as well. It says that to make an apt answer is a joy to a man, and a word in season, how good it is. May that be true of you and I on the receiving end of wisdom and on the giving end of wisdom as well. How do we know God's will? I went through a study tonight with uh, some folks at my church, and we, we looked at different ways that uh, God, God's will can be known to us. And one of the ways is the value of wise counsel. Now he says this, here's some scriptures to that effect. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. That's Proverbs 1.5. With the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 13.10 He who heeds counsel is wise. Proverbs 12.15 Plans are established by counsel. By wise counsels, uh, by wise counsel wage war. Proverbs 20.18 Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Proverbs 19.20 now, it's true that uh, this is all throughout the Proverbs, and, and we just read Proverbs 15, which talks about the negative side of that, too, that scoffers will not seek out the wise. They will not look for knowledge, but rather that at our base uh, starting point, at our fleshly man, at our anti-spiritual man, we don't want to hear counsel. We want to hear people tickling our ears and telling us what we want to hear, which is, you're doing great. I wish I was doing as good as you. There's no need for you to change who you are. I accept you for just who you are. And I don't have any judgments for you because that would be bad. Now that's what we want to hear. But if we do that, we will not succeed at anything that we do. And we will also not really know God's will. So, Here's one of the examples from this book that we were reading, which is Ken Arisman's book, Grounded in the Faith. Sometimes Christians will say, I felt called to the ministry, or God called me to serve in this capacity. Bruce Waltke gives a practical definition of the concept of God's call. A call is an inner desire given by the Holy Spirit through the word of God and confirmed by the community of Christ. In other words, when the Holy Spirit gives you an inner desire to serve in a particular ministry, the desire will be in alignment with the word of God and normally confirmed by the body of Christ. 
Now, it's easy for us to think sometimes, this is my comment on that quote, it's easy for us to think that we are independent thinkers, that, uh, you know, we don't really need that from churches because, after all, pastors and and people in churches are kind of just stuck in this herd mentality. Mental note, Jesus did call us sheep. But anyways, going on, we're, we're stuck in that herd mentality and we don't have the opportunity to really think clearly. So I'm more of an independent thinker. I'm more of a open-minded person, you know, even those, even though I, I, I claim Christ and I claim that, that I'm a man of God and that I use the Bible as my measuring rod for, for truth. Even still, I, I've been hurt in the past. You know, I've gotten bad advice in the past. I've been judged in the past. And by the way, those things are very real. Things are very real, and the emotional toll is very real, and I recognize that. But if that, ha- if that is you, if you've been thinking on your own, and you haven't been going to counsel, let me tell you something. You are not really in God's will all the way. Because God does have many, many people out there who are following Him. He does have people to help you in the things that He wants you to do. So if you feel called to something, just as this author says, it should be, it will be, it should be in line with his scripture. And number two, it'll be confirmed by those around you. Maybe sometimes the reason that you, you can't find confirmation amongst other Christians about the calling that you feel you have is that really you just need to sit under the word and under teaching for a while. Maybe you need to sweep the floors for a while. Maybe you need to start asking people why this and why that and how come it's things are done this way and do you see anything in my life that I should change or what do you see as the next step for me? Because I've seen this over and over again that there are those who would seek to be jumping right into doing amazing things for God. That there would be those who, who don't want to wait around for the church to catch up with what's going on. The reality is you have no uh, pressure of prayer behind you so that your plans will succeed. You have no wisdom of timing and of support behind you that would be there in a community setting. And even when Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, exercise that gift which we as the whole community, as the whole church, prayed over you when we laid our hands on you. And that picture is that the people, and this is what we do in, in our church as well, when someone is being ordained for, for something or being sent out or they're, they're going on a missions trip or things like that, that the church literally lays hands on you and is acknowledging and recognizing your leadership. That's what happened with Timothy praying for him. Timothy apparently was a timid person and praying for him to be uh, powerful and strong and to speak the word boldly. And so now on his mission, Timothy, in a time of difficulty, can always look back and remember, hey, this isn't something that I just picked up on my own. This isn't something that I just thought I would do in my moment of discouragement. He might want to quit in his moment of not knowing if he's successful. He might think, you know, maybe I didn't hear that call right. But when you go to those counselors and when you have that prayer behind you and when you can remember that this wasn't just your idea, but that other godly men and women have affirmed you in your call, wow, you can go the distance. 
And also, you're going to be in God's will. That's where we began. This is one of the ways of knowing God's will. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit didn't just come down to you. That's actually one of the great things about the new covenant through Jesus Christ is that the Holy Spirit is now in his church, in each individual, so that you can trust and you still need to look for a good one. You still need to be very discerning about this. But that you can trust that God will speak to you in special ways through your community church. That he will not speak to you directly. And I believe that that's um, basically the, the way that God does these things. I pray that you would have that community. If you don't, there are ways that you can try to find a positive uh, group of believers, a church around you. If there isn't one, and I mean this with a whole heart, you should find out where there is one. You should quit your job. You should move to where that is. And you should spend your time there because this is more important than your work. It's more important than where you prefer to live. It's more important than what you think you're doing for God. That you would be part of a church which is truly worshiping God. I pray that for you.